Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. And today we are so excited to have Megan here from Guard Up. Yes. Megan, before you introduce yourself, I got to... I, I know I said this, I think, in the email, but I have been following you and, and what Guard Up is doing when you had the, you know, your, your specialty camp, the, the Wizards and Warriors, and I was like, this is the camp I want to work at someday. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you're in a very cold area, and I'm from Southern California, now <laughs> living in Florida. That is not going to work for me. But if you ever move down south, let me know. <laughs> I will definitely let you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's funny is the most common comment we hear from, and this is from not just from every parent who comes into our facility, but it's also from every educator who, who sees what we're doing is where were you when mm. I was a kid? Mm-hmm. And I swear we hear this so often that we're going to have a bronze plaque made of it <laughs> and put it yeah. up on our wall so that any time that somebody comes in and says that, we can point to it and go, you're not the first person right. to say that. That's right. Chris said <laughs> that to me after I exactly said, hey, like, check this out. I would have totally done this. I'm still thinking about just, I mean, it's, it's online, so you really don't know how old I am. I could put whatever age I am. <laughs> <laughs> I may just sign up camera. to be at camp. The, yeah. the low voice may pull it off. That's I'm right. Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my I'll make my kids sit in. I'll just stand behind them. Do this, okay? Let's do this next. You gotta you gotta hear about our parents' day, okay? <laughs> so a lot of camps, parents' day. The parents show up. The kids do show them what they're working on, stuff like that. Our parents' day, parents show up. They park in back. They report to makeup. They get made up as zombies. They go to costuming. They get trained in how to how to be a zombie, and then they go out into the battlefield and they fight the kids. Yeah. Oh my oh. goodness. This is and the parents <laughs> they like they show up to do this. Oh, they love I it. I would totally be there. So cool. They love it. We have our videographer follow them around because the parents are like, gotta find my kid. Gotta find my, I want to go after my kid. <laughs> it's awesome. So I totally yeah. hijacked this episode by I just know. jumping right into it. I'm sorry. But it's so cool. Uh, Megan, <laughs> please introduce yourself and kind of tell us all about yourself and about the camps. I started, and hence the name Guard Up, which is now, by the way, Guardian Adventures. Um, Guard Up is still the corporate name. It's the parent company of Guardian Adventures. But it started out as Guard Up because we were a martial arts school and a fencing school. And so the most common thing you would hear when you walked in is keep your guard up, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And that's actually my background, um, along with being... Uh, an underwater videographer because <laughs> my degree was in videography, a uh, bit of an adrenaline junkie background. Um, so many stories on that. I bet. Too. <laughs> um, and uh, so basically I started a martial arts school and a fencing school because I had experience in both. And I really wanted to have a place that kids and adults actually it was mostly adults at first we didn't even start kids for a couple of years and the reason why we started kids was because I wanted my own kids to enjoy these activities mm-hmm. so at night when I would tuck my kids in instead of the traditional reading them a bedtime story there were times that I would uh, if they were particularly good that day I would make up a story where they were the heroes my two daughters they were the heroes in the story and um, and then I would put them in a situation and I'd say what do you do and then they'd tell me and then I would make up the next part of the story based upon their decision and sometimes if they're really good I'd give them a couple dollars to go buy a prop and then I would work <laughs> uh, that prop in story yeah. right so this was just me kind of like unleashing my own inner creative 
and uh, and they loved this. But as we're doing it, I also realized that this was a really good way for me to assess where my kids were in their decision making and to throw in little educational elements. And I was like, you know, this is actually really powerful education tool Mm -hmm. and really a powerful tool for me to connect with my children. So then uh, through a series of uh, events, I ended up going to a LARP, a live action role playing game. Okay, so you guys may know what that is, but Uh not every... I'm among geeks here, okay? Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> right. So I I went to a LARP, though, and I remember watching it as an adult. First of all, there were only adults that were allowed. And I remember watching it and saying to myself, wait a minute. Why isn't this, number one, why isn't this being done for kids? Hmm. Number two, why am I learning a fake language in order to interact with these characters, wouldn't it be so cool if instead I was learning Latin? You know, mm-hmm. so now I want to leave camp. I want to leave the the LARP experience, and I want to go learn a, a, an authentic language, uh, especially a so-called dead language, and come back and utilize that. What if alchemy was actually based in chemistry? Yeah. And so now, you see, what I'm saying where the LARP actually it inspired me to better myself. As a, as a player outside of the camp environment to see education as a resource. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just the, the environment that I was in that was entertaining. It was uh, also the, the inspiration outside of the story. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so basically what I did was I found a bunch of teachers at the LARP, and I said, hey, listen, oh. this is what I'm trying to do. Would you be interested in coming back to my company and putting together this like this game this like mini larp for kids only the the game system and the, and and the powering up is going to be based in stem and it's going to be based in learning latin and it's going to be based in and basically the the idea of this realm that's called Seidel terra which my kids made up that name actually because Seidel <laughs> means to step sideways and terra means earth or, or ground. So it's as if you step sideways into this mythical realm where there's a crossroads between myth and history and literature. So at any time that you are out there in this realm of, of Seidel Terra, you could bump into a character, but that character will always be out of one of those three realms. So it's not a character we make up. It's a character that's out of myth, uh, history, yeah, or literature. Mm. So, and the campers have to figure it out, and they like that. They like, like, okay, who is this person? So basically, we threw this out there, and it exploded. I mean, of course, my girls brought all their friends, and then, um, and then it just kept going from there, and it overtook all of our programs, and then. My martial arts program got smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, my fencing program is still there today, but I actually ended up uh, ending the martial arts program after 25 years as a martial arts student myself and instructor because this was where my kids' passion was. Yeah. And so, therefore, that's where my passion was. And and we have since moved through three facilities, upgrading constantly. Now we have kids who come in from all over the globe. We serve over a 1,000 people a year in our adventures. Um, I've been very honored to travel internationally uh, to work with companies like the parent company of the Princeton Review. Uh, Royal Caribbean is one of our clients. What? We develop, yes, we, we develop uh, essentially LARPs for their ships now. 
it's been an amazing experience. Um, I'm now a guest lecturer at Harvard Graduate School of Education for informal education because mm. um, the Harvard professor came to our camp and he was just like, this is amazing. These kids mm -hmm. are learning not because a teacher's standing up there and telling them to learn, but because it's all part of the story. And they're very inspired to learn about it. So, so it's kind of like creating a sandbox for the kids to go into and go, I'm going to go see what that's about. Yeah. And they decide what aspects of that adventure or the education that they want to um, learn about. And uh, yeah, go ahead. So it's truly like a choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. yes, like, yes. Like what you did with your girls when you were telling them stories, you were letting them choose their own venture. That's right. Yeah. So it's, it is about using stories to inspire now, not just kids, because we do this for adults now, inspire people to learn. For example, we're right now developing an OSHA safety training for labs using a zombie invasion. <laughs> no, awesome. I love it. That is awesome. I love it. Isn't that? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's just talk to anyone who's been through OSHA training. It's like right, right, total it's yeah. news fest. I have to do this mandatory training, and here we come in. It's like here's your Nerf blaster. Go yeah. into the lab. You need to show me proper procedures, or you're infected, and you're out there with the zombies. <laughs> well, like you, the kids in the zombie camp, they the, you would have science because they'd have to come up with a cure, right? Yeah. Absolutely. They have to learn about DNA and they actually have to, in some instances, create DNA strands and take a look at them, examine them. I see. I, I don't, I let my teachers figure right. all that out. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> we hire a lot of educators because the educators get kind of burnt out by the current education system. Sure. The teach to the test and they realize that they can come work for us and they can edu actually educate from the passion and joy of learning. And and really our mission is to inspire lifelong learners who want to make a difference in the world. That's it. That's right. our entire mission. There's this mentality, first of all, and you and we were discussing this before the show began, where failure is bad. The fact is that life is built upon a series of mistakes and failures. So instead, an informal environment is failure is actually not a bad thing. It's something I'm trying to build on. It's something I'm trying to, to it's like, okay. So let me give you an, anal uh, an analogy here. If you started playing a game and in that game failed 10% of the time and you succeeded 90% of the time, how long would you remain interested in that game? Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is, ugh. I mean, it's not challenging enough. That's what we hear. It's just yep. not challenging enough, right? There is a sweet spot they've found where that I think it's like you, you want to be able to succeed something like 50 to 60% of the time for something to be interesting. Now, everyone has a different tolerance level there. Some people need a little more. Some people need a little less. But in a lot of game environments, we thrive on failure. Mm -hmm. We actually get excited about yep. it. Why is it that the game environment is the only environment where that's true? In life, where else are we in life? Where we're, where we're on our job? How, do you, how would you feel if you had an employee who failed half the time? You'd get reprimanded constantly. They fired. Right? They gone. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, however, if, we're If a video game is too easy, it's just not interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... We've found that in a game environment, like like what we've created and what uh, other uh, video games have created, you are really engaging people to 
allow themselves to fail and and to keep trying. So it creates this innate sense of resilience, which is just, it's phenomenal. And you see that also in camp. We were talking about this before the show, which is failures make some of the greatest stories at camp, right? So we want to allow the environment that allows for some failure. So basically, uh, you know, there's there's that and there's many other aspects that disagree with the whole school mentality that failure is wrong. Also, we kind of pride ourselves in being less the sage on the stage and more the guide on the side, right? (laughs) So so it's like we don't want the person up there in the lecture hall standing on the stage Dispel, you know, dispensing their uh, wisdom to, to the masses as opposed to the person who's on the, who's on the side going, I, I don't know, what do you think? Let's do this. Have you found that hard to train your teachers to be that side person? <laughs> well, often they don't make it in the, in the industry of educa- formal education because of that, because yeah. they want to get down in it with the kids. Mm-hmm. So some teachers come to us looking for a job in education, then they hear what we do, and then they're like, yeah, that's a little too unstructured for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's largely because that. you know what it is? We hire people with an improv background. Mm-hmm. If you have an improv background, by the way, right. sidebar, Fortune 500 companies, if you have that on your resume, a notch up for getting an interview. Right. You know why? Have you ever done improv oh, theater? So hard. Do you remember that one sentence that's so important in improv? And. Yes, and. Yeah, yes, and. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. So whatever's thrown at you, you're not allowed to say. You can't just mm, get off the stage, yeah. <laughs> you got it. You can't go, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. You have to go, yes, and, and you come up <laughs> with something to respond to that. So improv, people who thrive in improv and who have some structure in their life and organization in their life, which is an incredible combination. Let me tell you, when I find a person like that, we try to make a place in our company for them because that's why we were able to pivot so fast. That's why the day after we closed our doors from this virus, we were able to open online right, and right. why our instructors were like, because that was it. It was like, we got to figure out what to do. And I'm like, I don't know if we can replicate this. They're like, yes, we can. We don't know how, but we're going to do this. <laughs> And they did, and they jumped right in with both feet, and they figured it out. And now we are tackling summer camps. We designed a summer camp program that basically is an online version and an offline version for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is we can literally go from online, and then that weekend when we get the word that we can go offline, we go to our offline curriculum. So mm-hmm. every curriculum we write has both an online and an offline version. So that brings me to probably why you guys reached out to me, which is we are licensing our programs um, because we realized that this whole situation really pushed the camp industry back on its heels. Uh And we have a lot of camps that are in still kind of in a wait and see mode. Some have already called it, said we're not running camp. I mean, let's say that the restrictions haven't been completely lifted. Kids are still not supposed to congregate. How are we going to handle childcare? Because you have parents who can't go back to work and you have, they, they have to work from home and they have no childcare. They need some kind of engagement. And that's where online camps have to come in. And so I maintain it as my duty, in fact, to engage these kids because that's what summer camp is about. If, if anywhere in your mission is anything about engaging kids and keeping them a part of community, 
if that's part of your camp mission, you should be looking at getting online. Mm-hmm. Engage the kids and create a sense of community. You can do it. I'm, I'm right now. I'm on a mission, and that's to get the summer camp industry to get <laughs> online so that they can save parents' sanity. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, we were talking earlier about how Chris Chris did a survey or a focus group, mm-hmm. and how many parents are actually saying their kids are zoomed out. They're kind of they're doing a lot of the education, you know, schooling at it's home the, and everything else. Stage on a stage, and so. <laughs> that the parents want to, you know, kind of take them off right now. Of course, summer's going to, I think it's going to be different. I feel like as summer, all of a sudden the parents are going to be like, no, 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 we want it back. We want it back. We want yes. them, you know, we want to, we need our few hours to be working or right. to do whatever. Uh, so right well, now it's kind of this weird time yeah. uh, where a lot of camps are saying, well, is this going to work? We're hearing this from our parents. We're hearing that. Right. Can we, I think the big thing is, can we charge? And we were yes. talking about, you're not going to be able to charge for camp sing-alongs, right? Or mm-hmm. the, the pre-recorded videos to do crafts. Stare at a campfire. Right, right. <laughs> because it, that's not going to engage anyone. Uh, and it's nice to put out for parents or, or for kids. It's nice to still kind of keep connected a little bit that way. But that is obviously not the approach that you went with. I mean, you're going no, full no. on uh, yes. a- engagement. So That's can right. you kind of talk about what sure. you're offering? Sure. First, I want to address those points from the parents. Sure. So number one is parents have in their mindset, my kid can just go outside and play in the summertime like I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I just have one response to that. When you were a kid and you went out inside to play, you played with your friends. Right. Uh-huh. We're still talking, by the way, about not a complete lift of quarantine here. So they won't be playing with their friends or not many friends. There will be such limitations on what they can and can't do. Swimming pools are not going to be open for a long time. Any kind of thing that you can think of that you did during the summer, I guaranteed, you did it in a way that can't be done this summer. So that's the first one. The second one is, yes, Zoom fatigue, without a doubt, Why is it Zoom fatigue? Because they have zero uh, ownership over what's going on. They have to sit in front of a screen like a zombie and just ingest what's being given to them. And that is exhausting. It is so exhausting. But instead, if they're in an interactive environment that they choose to be a participant in, that they are getting something rich out of it and it's actively engaging their imagination – you're going to see there's no such thing as screen fatigue. It's, it's the, the, And I should say, though, anytime you're looking at a screen, there's some eye fatigue and such. But yeah. part of that, though, is how you engage the kids. And that's what I'll talk about. Is I'm going to say, in, gamers don't look, get that screen fatigue. Exactly I mean, right. they'll, they'll, it, the whole <laughs> night will go by and you'll be like, I've been doing this 10 hours? What's going yes. on? Yeah. Exactly. So that's living proof of this. So that's not going to be the part. Unfortunately, parents are equating the school experience with the camp experience because of the commonality of a screen. And it's like, whoa, wait, back up. (laughs) That's not that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about an entirely different environment Mm -hmm. now. And you also pointed out that there's uh, there's the idea of the camps are coming online with just bringing like their camp traditions on and having like a campfire discussion. So 
some of those aspects actually are very good and I don't want to I don't want to say you shouldn't do those because those are community building but if all you have are community moments that's not going to be enough you have to engage them past that mm -hmm. they have to feel growth out of the experience they have to feel excited and invigorated by the experience so so there's this side of the spectrum over here you have some online uh, camps that are utilizing programs that are um, immersive video game type environments okay so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in an adventure and it's all graphics and I'm going through and I'm trying to figure things out but there's very little of this guys this face-to-face mm -hmm. okay and that's actually where I think we come in because what we've done is we've kind of mixed the two and we are storytellers in this live environment that you participate in the story in a live environment. So there's these live interactions going on, this give and take. Now in our camps, kids really like to get it. They show up in costume. Our staff show up in costume. Cool. We bring up little graphics. Um, but what you won't see is the kids spending 20 minutes in a digital environment that is where they're not seeing their friends and they're not seeing a staffer, just like a camp. So really what we took is what's the best parts of camp and how do we bring them online? Not literally, but utilizing some of these tools. We had a, so we had a spring break that just finished last week. Uh, and we had 17 kids, which is a little more than half of what we usually have. So I'll be honest, there was a drop in some engagement, but largely because that was school break was canceled by a lot of schools. Yeah, right. And what we're finding is um, we had what, uh, today we had what's called a hot wash. So after every big event, we get together uh, our entire team and we deconstruct all the best aspects, all the aspects that need, need improvement. We try to come up with some solutions. It was a really good hot wash. And what we found was that this was one of the best, uh, not just online experiences, it was one of the highest growth experiences for us for learning about how to en engage our kids and uh, we have we are actually partnered with the New England Institute of Technology uh, out of Rhode Island they're giving they have we have three professors from NEIT who are joining us to help us develop how not just in figuring out how to get this online but the actual learning platform so and this is what's also different is that when I say to you I'm, I'm licensing the adventure, I don't mean I'm licensing you just the, the, the ideas and the assets. It's actually based on Thinkific, which is a learning platform. So when you license the program, you're licensing the ability for your counselors to go in and take courses on how to run the program. Mm -hmm. so, so there's actually step-by-step -step walks you through even some quizzes and some videos to watch and your assets that you're going to download and uh, images, even marketing material. This is really truly a turnkey solution for camps because what we found is that for some camps, having access to our game system and our story overlays is enough, and that's good. Then they can go take that and they can, they can make their own adventures. But for other camps, they're like, I don't have the bandwidth mm -hmm. to create our own curriculum out of this. So we've created five or six different storylines that they can pick and choose. And then every the different champs, is this like the zombie yes. camp? So okay. We have a Wizards and Warriors type one. We have a zombie type one. Uh, we have a space uh, camp. So we've actually created more than what we have uh, that we've been running. We also have, are developing a, like a, a murder mystery one and the woodland protectors one, because there's a lot of conservation camps out there. A lot of camps yeah. around. What's interesting with this that I really see Growing up, even, I mean, I would have loved this growing up. This totally would be my thing. But growing up, a lot of people were very, like, 
campus sports and people were sporty and going outside. And I think you see a lot more kids that the outside kind of, I mean, my own children, I, my son would stay on, on, I call it fart night, but he would stay on Fortnite all day long. I think if I would let him, you know, yes. and I, I mean, this is just such a huge attraction to kids, yeah. even though the way in the kind of house rent, I, I just love it. I used to, I, I designed and used to run a Harry Potter camp. Cool. And at the same time, I ran a general day camp that was just your everyday day camp, outdoors, everything else. The kids who went to the Harry Potter camp, not the kids that would go to the other camp. They were very different. It, maybe a few, like really three kids were crossovers. Yeah. And that was really exciting for me because these are kids I wouldn't have normally been able to reach without our, our fantastical adventure camps, um, which right. is what we call them. But the Harry Potter camp in particular, my question would be camps that are running traditional camps. These are kids who, you know, might not normally go to a program like yours. So if a camp is like, I'm going to license out this program, would that work for my audience? Yeah. Okay. So, what what would you say roughly is the percentage of kids, and I don't have the answer to this, that play some kind of video game? Oh, hi. Especially now. I think it's higher more than, than half, probably, yeah. right? It's oh, yeah. 80% maybe, if not yep. more. Okay. So why do they play video games? It's that immersive environment mm -hmm. and almost entirely a story. Right. Uh -huh. Sure. Yeah. And that that you have antagonists, you're bonding with other people, especially in the MMOs, and uh, you're you're uh, basically bonding together. You are going against antagonists together, and you are go you are navigating a story, and that's why Game of Thrones, uh -huh. uh, uh, Harry Potter, and others are successful. Geek is chic right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So. So you're right, though, that it may not be Harry Potter, it may not be Wizards and Warriors that appeals to them, but it really could be Space Camp that appears to, appeals mm. to them, or Zombie Camp. We don't get a whole lot of crossover between Zombie and Wizards and Warriors, because mm. the kids who are in Zombies, it's the first-person shooter kids. Mm. They're the ones who want that. It's, it's not – they do like actually – we're finding over the years, we used to think zombie kids weren't that into story. No, um, they actually do want story as long as there's plenty of zombies to shoot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so whereas Wizards and Warriors kids, they can go a long time without a battle. Some of them can go a long time without a battle because yeah. they're so into the story. So I'd say that it depends on the story. And you have your, your kids who are a little more into the outdoors and the environment. They're the ones who would be going for our forest protectors story. Mm -hmm. So it really is, it's not, it, it, the game system I think is universal. It's, it works with anyone, mm -hmm. okay? And then the story is what you adapt to fit the environment, uh, to fit what your, your kids, who your, the type of your kids right, are. Right. In our Wizards and Warriors in order for you to get your first series, uh, so you stop any kid on our battlefield, a seven-year-old. You stop a seven-year-old on the battlefield, and, he's, and he or she is a mage, and you ask her, what do you need to know to get your first level of spells? She will be able to recite and demonstrate Newton's Laws of Physics to you. Oh, wow. That's what's required to get your fir first level of spells. They don't think anything of it. This is advanced material. This is what I needed to know in order to get my first level of spells. Which is so, so interesting because as as a kid, science, I just 
it, it held no interest for me. Like science and history were my two things that now that I'm an adult, I'm very interested in. But as a kid, I don't know if it was the teachers I had. I don't know what, why I didn't have an interest, but if it was story driven, if it was something like that, I know it would have been completely different for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and it is it's it's both the teacher and what has to be taught. Unfortunately, teachers, as you know, are handcuffed by what they have to teach. Mm-hmm. But you're but if you if anyone pointed out to me a good teacher, I would ask them, are they a good storyteller? Yeah. Hands down, every one of them will say, oh yeah, told the best stories, and that that's how we learn. Back when we were living in caves, that's how we communicated to each other. So sure enough, our neurological brain here our, our brain neurons light up when we start receiving stories our ability to understand and our retention skyrocket when we're given information through a story versus just lists of facts or tests or exams right. or stuff so i think anyone listening to this is going to say these camps sound amazing but how are you taking that into the virtual world so um instead of the costuming you're going to have a, a picture of something, or um, you may have a counselor in costume. Right. <laughs> uh, it depends on how immersive the person who's running the adventure wants to get. But you can just put up pictures of what something looks like. And it's it's story time. It's a multimedia story time. Okay, Kids may want to dress in costume, or they may just want to pick out a, a picture online and go, this is my character. Mm-hmm. And, and and my name an is, avatar, and they give it. Almost. You got it. An avatar, right. And, and we encourage that. That's great. Mm-hmm. The, the battle system, or um, so, and battle system, I, I use that term lightly because some camps don't want to do what we're doing. We use Nerf blasters, we use foam swords. We highly encourage the idea of, uh, of this en- level of engagement. But for some camps, they're like, mm, that's too And it's okay, you know, they're, they're, yeah. that's somewhere in their mission, and, and I'm cool with that. But there has to be a conflict, and there has to be a way to resolve that conflict. We have different ways of doing that that can be either driven by um, like a card symbol that you flash up a card symbol so if, for example that might be a shield from a warrior or it might be a police shield in the uh, murder mystery uh, example so I flash a shield and suddenly they don't want to come after me because they, they think I'm a cop so um, so there's different ways for those skills to manifest in the game yeah. and that's what we're we're working on right now with NEIT is to make sure that all of those are in alignment so that you can be able to take our adventure system and our story system and they all integrate equally. And then the other thing is we wholeheartedly encourage our camps to adapt the story to fit the, their own needs and to, and to bring in their own um, key elements of, of their own philosophy, if you will. Um, because we have a story arc for you. We have engagements. We even have some STEM elements that we bring into it. But the truth is, you really should feel comfortable adapting it because the key thing is to look at the kids. Are they bored? Right. If they're bored, swap it up, you know. So um, we actually, for on our end, we're creating an entire repository of images and little video snippets and maps and mm. what we call assets so that an instructor or, or a counselor, as they're running an adventure on another screen, they have all these assets available. And they can look and go, this isn't going over well. And they dial up a different monster or a different situation or a different prop. And then they flash that up on the screen and they make it up. 
And mm-hmm. not everyone's comfortable doing that. You can strict stick to the script. But for us, that's that's what our instructors thrive on. They need to be able to adapt and, and modify. And we, we encourage that. What is your do you have a platform you're using? Are you kind of going through Zoom or I know we kind of joked earlier yeah. with Skype and not having green That's screen right. and I, I'm sitting here going, Oh, virtual backgrounds and Zoom. Like I could I could do a lot with this. <laughs> so it's so much fun. So um, we use as our primary platforms two of them. We use Zoom for the video engagement and also the breakout rooms are really cool. The level of controls over it are very good. And then we use um, um, uh, Google. Uh, basically, their their school platform. Yeah. Uh, if you have a nonprofit, you get it for free. And I, yep. in fact, right, Google Classroom. Like, in fact, right now, I think they're giving everyone this for free. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we use that uh, to give uh, assignments, if you assignments, if you will. But they're always like cool things you can do to power up your character before <laughs> the next day. Missions, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Little missions to do. Um, I should also emphasize that in our um, in our adventures. Our primary objective is to actually get the kids up and out of their chairs. So when they're battling something, they actually have to take like a paper tube and they have to show you how they're battling. And then they have to dive off screen so that they can hide in time. Then they have to come on screen right at the time to surprise the monster. There goes the webcam. There goes the dog. (laughs) What's going on? We actually have included in our waiver. We are not responsible for any damage to your computer because your kid is hitting it. But that's in part is the kind of engagement we're looking for. We're trying to get the kids up and out of their seats so that they're not with numb, numb legs at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And and even even we encourage them, if possible, if they have a laptop or if they have a, an iPad or a phone even yeah. that has Zoom on it, take it outside. Yeah. Because your environment is key because there will be times when they say, all right, guys, we're going to go do this. But you, in order to activate this, you need to show something red. And they're like. Looking all around, trying to pull things, run around the house, trying. I need something red. I like <laughs> In that. order to I make like something, and they're running back up. And then we get, yeah, there you go. I love how Chris is playing. Like, he's ready. I, he's he's totally such a camper. I, I love how you said earlier, geek is chic, because I'm seeing him like, this is such a nerd camp, and I would have loved it. Like, this is so- it's, a, it's a nerd camp, because I'm giving specifics about fighting monsters. Yeah. But the truth is, it could be, um, you know, it could be something like um, you are, are trying to uh, fight off people who are trying to kidnap rare endangered animals you know mm. or to shoot them so poachers so this could be for people who are really environmentally inclined oh. you're trying to battle poachers and isn't that cool you know it's like i'm stuck here and i can't be out in the wilderness and i can't be doing this and that but i'm fighting poachers yeah. <laughs> and and wouldn't it be really cool if while you're fighting poachers you're actually learning about mm. the animal the biology the environment and in the story and so really that's what we're trying to do is trying to give the opportunity for the people who are running these programs to to enrich the stories yeah. with their own knowledge that they would normally impart to the kids. But they're imparting it in a story format, which yeah. is way, way better at retention. Well, I loved Kurt and I have talked about this before on our podcast. I mean, when I was a camper, it was it was the the fittest the strongest win you know you're playing i hated like we played games like steal the bacon and my brother i have a twin brother and he is buff and strong and we always we were on opposite teams and it's like we get called and i'd look out there and there's man i'm like i'm not even gonna go out because he's just gonna drag me across the field but like i sit here and look i'm like this is something i could have won at you know i could have 
mm-hmm. been the the hero, and I love it. It's just so cool. It's so cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, um, so if I were a director that says, "Hey, I am interested in this," yeah, what? What what am I, I you know I know you said you you get all the kind of the training materials yeah do the assets you were talking about is that part of it yes um, yeah and so and then I would use Zoom and and Google Classroom are there any I guess other than that you, you know I'm thinking there's a special platform but there there isn't uh, right now right no no the our the learning platform is our platform that right. thinkific it's our it's our thinkific account so you use that to learn how to run the program right right but then but then when you're actually running it it's just zoom and google classroom okay okay and then using possibly like video clips and stuff at certain times yeah whatever you download from us and right. then if you want to add in your own stuff which we absolutely encourage and so so what- we're actually this week, this weekend, we are actually planning to release a free two-hour zombie virus adventure oh. that any camp can download. Uh, can go in and <laughs> Chris, Chris, where's my Come pen? On. Chris is like, I got where is this? <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> so um, we will be. Well, it'll be all plastered all over everywhere. Right. So it'll be a free two-hour event. You can go in and you can utilize our learning platform to learn how to run the adventure. You'll download the assets and you'll be able to then run the adventure and you'll be able to see how kids like it. Right. And, and now it is very specific to zombies. So, uh, but it's also kind of, uh, I think appropriate for the times because the adventure, if you don't wash your hands, Mm -hmm. like if you, when you go touch something, if you don't show that you're washing your hands afterwards for 20 seconds and then you go touch something else, guess what? (laughs) It's a little bit of infection there. What we're trying to do is just show like a little bit about how it works, yeah. how you learn yeah. the, the, the for, format, how you can run the format and test it out. And even if the kids aren't crazy about the story, if they like the interactivity of it, if they like the way that it works, then you can try laying your own story over it. Sure, sure. What's yeah. the, let's talk about the pricing. What's the pricing mm-hmm. of this? Yeah. So to get a year-long license to access our game system and the six, five or six, I don't remember which, uh, story overlays, it's four ninety nine. So four hundred ninety nine dollars for the entire year. And did I see something so, on your page really about per camper or per week or something? No, not, we don't do per camper. Um, that's up to the camps to decide. So what we do rec- have recommendations. So we do say we recommend a one to 10 ratio here, uh, a one to eight ratio for this age group, this, that's up to the camp to figure out. Okay. But that's um, not if, something. So it's the 499 is, is the 499 is per location. Per lo- okay. Um, and awesome. if, if you have multiple locations, we will work with you. Cause right now we're talking to an exceedingly large organization with thousands of locations and obviously we're going to work with them on the per location pricing so we will work with with uh companies uh, on additional locations now that's to get the game system and that's also to get uh the story uh basically the story what we call overlays which gives you the backgrounds your npcs your different skill sets and everything and then you make a story based with that. Now, if you wish to buy a pre-made story, okay. then that's, um, that ranges in price. If you just wanted to do one two-hour adventure, nothing more, you can be looking at um, somewhere between $30 and $40 for a two-hour adventure, which you can run as many times as you want. 
Okay, if you want to buy an entire week, so that's 30 hours of curriculum, that's $300, $10 per curriculum hour. So what, what are, what's the difference between the curriculum versus the... Good question. So the game system, so think of it this way. You're D&D people. You have a monster manual okay. and you have a player's handbook and a dungeon's master's guide. That's what you get for $4.99. Okay, so gotcha. you get the game system and this background stories. Okay, that's four ninety nine, which, if I think about it, is maybe the price of what you'd pay to get into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, and then, but if you want the actual campaign, modules, right. right? The campaign modules, those are which are pre-designed stories filled with all of your assets that you need, pictures of the the monsters or or the the antagonists, right. everything you need to market it. Also, so it will have the images, it will have little blurbs, marketing blurbs. It's literally turnkey. So all you have to do is download those, put those up on your website. We are running a space adventure, um, mission to Venus, and 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 everything is already done for you. You put it out there, you get registrations, and then you you run the program. But just to be clear, you wouldn't just get that and not the basic system, like the base system. You, have, you can't get the curriculum without getting the license. Right. That's yes. what I need. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. That'd be like buying a D&D module without knowing how to run How to game. run it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just yep. want to, yeah. Be clear so people understand. I just want to play. I just want to do it. It sounds so cool. Well, you know, if you happen to be coming up this way or, uh, you know, if, if you want to see firsthand what's going on, I'll see if I could get you access. We, you know, yeah. background check and everything because we still do that. We still, even mm, though it's yep. an online environment, we're still mandating background checks. Um, we are we are really, we keep our 1 to 10 ratio. We still are holding to our rule of three. We're doing a lot of things that, you know, camps are doing in their environment. We are bringing on to the online environment. And and we do hope, by the way, that the ACA and other organizations bring out uh, a list of very good guidelines uh, on how to run an online program because I'm a little scared about some camps. And we're going to – we'll have to put this into our training module, just some basics on this is what we recommend that you have yeah. in place – uh, even a, a where we realized coming out of um, one adventure that we needed to educate our kids on cyberbullying yeah. because some we were talking about that earlier. They 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 don't understand that what they're doing actually qualifies as that. And when it they're it's pointed out, they're like, "What? No, no way!" And then you uh-huh. explain it, and they're like mortified. Yeah. That what they just did would be considered that. So being proactive about that and making sure that the kids understand what's proper conduct. So Megan's tips and tricks for running virtual camp. Yeah. That's right. Well, there's so many things that people don't even think about. Like we were talking earlier, just the getting waivers for using any video online, you know, and, and having that that a lot like a lot of our stuff that we're doing now, we're like, I can't even put this on YouTube or anything because it's got kids' pictures or their names in it and like, because we didn't get those waivers for it, so yeah, that's been built into our waivers since day mm-hmm. one. What yeah. What about uh, any tips on pricing if they use your yeah. stories? So I think what you need to do is you need to look at your camp's situation and your manpower. So making sure that you are covering your costs is key. So I would say go through and put out a spreadsheet of all your costs, <laughs> and you want to at least cover all your costs then after that you can decide if that amount and what you what i would do for some camps th- this works for them is put your costs as like 
at, at the at the one level and then say here's recommended levels we, we request that you you consider which one of these levels you can afford mm-hmm. and parents will actually they'll spend more money because they really appreciate what you're doing right, yep. right, right. so but make sure your lowest price covers your costs yeah no that's uh, good advice uh, I really firmly believe that um, it's our job here to make sure that camps, even if they're not using our system, they're finding a way to make their own system. They're finding a way to get online this summer and hold on to their campers and give their parents some small sense of sanity this summer. Some of them are. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them, they're, they're lost. They're lost. And I think it's yeah. programs like yours where they can um, say, okay, now I've got a framework um, I think that's really going to help, and those are the camps that definitely need to to look into this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for offering yes, it and putting it together. Thanks. Um, and thanks for being on our podcast. <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun, guys. Where do they go for this? What's the uh, website? Please go to guardup.com, G-U-A-R-D-U-P.com, as in keep your guard up, even though that's not really <laughs> our name anymore. Um, and our company's Guardian Adventures. If you go to the online tab, You'll see all the various online programs because we don't just do camp. We actually are doing online team building corporate events. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we have our weekly online classes in both these adventures as well as sword fighting. We do, we're actually the largest sword fighting school in North America. Nice. <laughs> just go figure. <laughs> um, one more thing I want to add, by the way um, this is important. Corporations are so desperate for employees working from home to be able to be functional and focused they're buying summer camp for their employees kids okay sap and accenture i read an article where they are partnering with they're contracting summer camps online summer camps Hmm. to let their employees kids go to those camps so that those employees can be able to get some time to focus on their work at home interesting Okay. So, guys, this is, is, is this is not mm-hmm. just serving your own clientele. This may actually be an opportunity for you to expand your yeah. clientele. Because nice. that's the other thing about online camp, by the way. You're not looking at just a demographic of your neighborhood. You're now right. creating a demographic that's literally global. Right, right. So, you know, they say, you know, is it, I forget what the saying is, but times of, of difficulty open up opportunities mm-hmm. and really we have to look at it that way yeah. we have to be looking at what can i do differently and it's it's not going to be the same camp nope. you know everybody goes well i can't make my camp and put it online you're right you can't take uh-huh. your exact exact camp and put it online it's going to be different but it will be enough to help engage your kids and to keep them engaged and to give them a sense of belonging and really that's what we're here for more than anything else, camp provides a sense of belonging, yeah. and that's that's our job. So let's get out there and do our job. Let's do it. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Megan, for yes, being on the you show. Guys. <laughs> I really appreciate it. All right. Well, oh, that was awesome. I, that was I'm, awesome. I, I got the summer off. I'm going to go play and enjoy the camp there. So Whatever. <laughs> you're going to get this, and you're going to offer it to your kids, and you're going to run I a know. virtual camp oh, is what I'm, you're going to do. I am totally, yeah. Even if I it's for five kids, stuff. you're running this. That's right. <laughs> just, I am going to run family. it with you. <laughs> my own kids. All seven of them are going to do it. <laughs> your kids. Awesome. No, it was cool. All right. Well, from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. 